You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Broadcasting from a hidden rebel fortress long forgotten since the days of the Clone Wars, Commanders Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and their daring crew lead a rebel cell dedicated to bringing you stories of adventure and excitement from across the galaxy. Join them for tales of heroes from the dawn of the Resistance stretching back to the Old Republic. Tales of Jedi and Sith, rebels and Imperials, technological terrors, and fantastic creatures. Legends so great, you won't believe them. But it's true. All of it. So what are you waiting for? Strap in and get ready to make the jump with Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast. Hello and welcome back to Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast for our Forces of Destiny recap. I'm your host, Cassie Sketch, and today we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 16 of Forces of Destiny, which is the episode Crash Course. Um, this is in another episode with Sabine, Ketsu, and Hera on Garel, which we will get to here in a little while. Um, this is also the last episode of Season 1 of Forces of Destiny. So we're going to be taking a couple weeks off uh, here for the holidays before we get started with season two, which we will be doing in the new year. So I'll be back in January, but um, until then, we're going to take just a little bit of a break, but we will be back a little late this week as always. Um, Life is crazy. I have a little bit of a Star Wars story, just like kind of a thing that happened this week that made me laugh a little bit that I thought I could share. Um, before we get into news. So, as I've mentioned multiple times before, I am participating in the Nutcracker uh, with the ballet company in my town. And starting about a year ago, I started bringing a picture of Obi-Wan and keeping it on my mirror in the dressing room. as kind of like a good luck charm. And so I brought my Obi-Wan this year and I put it up on my mirror. And one of the other girls who I danced with made a bit of an offensive gesture uh, to my picture of Obi-Wan and I said that's bad luck that's my good luck Obi-Wan you're gonna fall during snow and snow is one of our dances um and we were all laughing and but then she fell during snow um so now all of the people uh in my all the other girls who I dance with uh, have asked me to bring them Obi-Wans for their mirrors and we are all kind of paying our respects to Obi-Wan before we go on stage kind of as a good luck thing and so I thought that was kind of funny and that happened this week. Uh, I just wanted to share that. It was, <laughs> it was just perfect um, for me. I, I've never been happier that somebody has fallen and that's terrible but it was really, it was just, it was just so weird coincidence and so we now all believe in the power of obi-wan um but that's just a little whatever um 
but we can get started with a little bit of the news that we have this week. Um, I didn't really get too far into news just because it has been like a week and a half since I recorded the last episode, um, and I only really wanted to cover the things that interest me and that um, I've talked about kind of in the past. Uh, just because we're kind of slowing down a little bit here for uh, this little break that we're getting ready to go on. Um, So we'll start out. We had a couple new episodes of Galaxy of Adventures uh, that were released on this Star Wars Kids YouTube channel, um, which you guys already know, as I was talking about last week, I am a huge fan of. Um, It's really great. We had an episode with... uh, Leia, it started with Leia and Vader, but then it went on, you know, to uh, kind of become kind of like a compilation of Leia being awesome. Um, And then we had an episode with Chewie about how you don't want to make him angry. We had an episode with Han and the Falcon. Um, We had an episode about Palpatine, which so far is my favorite episode of Galaxy of Adventures because we were getting, it was very much quickly explaining the backstory uh, and how he went about creating the empire and kind of what role he had to play in that, which we all know is the big role and he's, you know, the big bad guy. Um, He is the uh, kind of puppeteer of everything that happened in the galaxy. And that's something that I think um, a lot of kids aren't as cognizant of and they don't really realize how that worked out um and how that came to be they just know star wars is cool uh so i really liked that they had this in here and it was a really you know it was about a minute long but it very concisely kind of explained um that whole situation and how that went down and i thought that was genius and i thought that that was a good way to further explain kind of the star wars history um it was a little, it was a good history lesson for um, the new fans of Star Wars, the new younger audience, even younger than me. Um, so I really like that a lot. I, favorite episode of that so far. And then we also had the Death Star Assault, um, which was really cool. Um, again, like I said, I love the animation style that they use for all of these. It's just one of those things that very much is so it's something that is so pleasing to watch. Not only is it something that is a lot easier for younger kids to uh, see and kind of be able to differentiate between things that are going on and, you know, it's very clear, but it's also something that is soft and nice and it's definitely a different imagining of the characters that we've seen so far, even though it is very much similar um you know they it's done in a way that is is our characters you know it stays true to who they are what they look like but it is it's just done in a different way than we've seen before uh, which i like so i was happy to see that those new episodes come out i'm wondering how many more they're gonna go with um so far what we've had nine we've had 10 episodes of uh, galaxy of adventures Um, And they've all kind of been released in clusters of six and four. Uh, So that is something that 
nobody's really said how many we're getting and what the plan is for that, but um, I'm a big fan of more of those coming out, and hopefully we'll get to see a little bit more um, coming in the next few weeks, and I will talk about those when we come back, if they do happen, um, and it is definitely something I want to see, and I'm sure everybody else agrees. I think that the major consensus with Galaxy of Adventures is that most people really, really enjoy it, um, which is something that we haven't gotten uh, kind of... I don't think that the Star Wars animation community has been very united lately. We've all kind of been in conflict with each other over whether or not we like Resistance, over whether or not we like Forces of Destiny, and kind of where we stand on how we feel about the uh, obvious demographic shift from what we've had in previous years with the Clone Wars and with uh, Rebels. And um, even though Galaxy Adventures is by far, at least I think, um, geared towards the youngest audience that we've seen, it is done in a way that I think that everybody has been able to appreciate. And I haven't heard anybody saying anything bad about it. Now that is also partially because I think it's flying a little bit under the radar um, and I haven't really heard that much of people talking about it and I think people should be um, because it is, like I've said, the best animation I think I've seen um, being used in the Star Wars universe. Um, at least it is the most appealing to me. Um, it's definitely not the most difficult animation that obviously goes to the 3D animation that we've gotten with the Clone Wars and with Rebels. However, it is what I've enjoyed watching the most aesthetically. So I think it should get a little bit more recognition and I think that the way they are doing it is fantastic because it's not only that we're getting these reimagining of the scenes, but we're also kind of using that as a conduit to give backstory and kind of let this younger group of fans understand the original trilogy characters that they did not grow up with. And I think that that is the major point of Galaxy of Adventures. I think it is making, it's it's creating a more concise way for those younger fans to kind of get caught up with what's going on um, with the uh, whole of Star Wars and understanding what happened during the original trilogy era because for some people that's not something that they've uh, been exposed to a whole ton and so I think the Galaxy Adv Adventures does a really really good job at giving you the cliff notes of it and highlighting the major parts of the original trilogy or at least the parts that may be important towards episode 9. Um, and so the fact that I haven't heard a whole ton of people talking about it is kind of sad to me. Um, and I want more people to watch it, know about it, because I think that uh, Galaxy of Adventures is one of the best things that we have gotten, um, at least this year. Um, and I know that that isn't saying much. Uh, we did get, obviously, Solo earlier in the year, and Resistance has been coming through. Um, we've gotten some books and some comics and all those things, but I think the Galaxy of Adventures, for the purpose that it is trying to achieve, is so precise and it's working exactly how it's supposed to. And we haven't had that in a while, I don't think. I don't feel like we've gotten things from Star Wars that have 
exactly hit what it's been trying to hit. And so that is something that I I think should be highlighted. And I'm sure at some point Galaxy of Adventures will be covered um, on Rebel Cells in some form or another, um, whether it's just me talking about it here kind of briefly or otherwise. Um, but there's a lot of animation that has been coming out, so don't take my word for anything. Um, uh, also news, we had a bunch of the cast for The Mandalorian announced um, a couple weeks ago. We learned about Pedro Pascal being our leader, or our uh, main hero. Um, he's The Mandalorian. Um, but we had... Uh, a couple names dropped, which uh, includes what Gina Carano, uh, Nick Nolte, Carl Weathers, Emily Swallow, Werner Herzog, Herzog, and Giancarlo Esposito. Who that is who I'm the most excited about, and it it's partially because um, being a little bit younger, um, I'm not really haven't really been exposed to uh that much when it comes to uh a lot of the sh movies and shows and things that these people have been in but as soon as I saw him being casted uh I immediately got excited and if you get your the name's drawing up a blank he played a uh, Gus Fring in Breaking Bad um and as soon as I saw that light not light bulbs went off in my head but it was this moment where it was like oh that's going to be so cool because what I'm hoping is that we're getting a Gus Fring-like character in the Star Wars universe, which is something that I think we've seen bits and pieces of it, but I don't think we've gotten, we haven't had a chance to really get down to the nitty gritty of those types of things and those types of bad people, people who kind of are ruthless in the way that Fring was during Breaking Bad. And so I'm really, really hoping that his character is going to be similar. Um, and I think that that would be an amazing, just such a cool thing to see in Star Wars. And it's definitely, you know, getting to go into this kind of like underworld that we are going to be uh, exploring in The Mandalorian is something that we haven't really gotten to look at um with star wars uh, at least in the new canon um in the disney uh the disney canon of star wars i mean we've gotten little bits of pieces of it but we haven't gotten a lot and i think that part part of what the disney streaming service is going to be able to do is it's going to allow for things to happen um within the star wars universe and us to learn about those things that wouldn't necessarily be uh something that could could uh happen or be seen on regular tv or in a movie you know very very similar to kind of hbo and them being able to do a little bit more racy things and a little bit more um a little bit more serious a little bit more dark and i think that's part of why i'm so excited for the mandalorian is that we're going to be able to kind of go there um hopefully and so uh just looking through the cast list um and who is kind of a part of it and how you know these people uh, based on you know their looks how i feel like 
this series is going to go. And that could be very um, biased of me just by looking at someone and thinking like, oh, well, they're going to be cast as this. But I definitely think Nick Nolte is going to be some kind of, you know, like grizzled veteran or or bounty hunter um, alongside the man, uh, the Mandalorian, the unnamed Mandalorian, um, which is something that I think is I don't know. It's we haven't seen stuff like this yet. Um, again, not fully. Um, and so the idea of getting some of these darker characters, which is where I'm kind of what I'm kind of getting from looking at this cast is that we're going to kind of get these darker characters and these characters that are um, a little bit more ruthless and a little bit less um, redeemable. It's something that I can't wait for and I'm really really hoping that the plans that Disney is having right now is that well our animation is skewing a little bit younger because we are going to kind of funnel our older audience into kind of this live action form and paying attention to that instead of the animation that we've had and kind of dividing that up not only is making them obviously more money but it is allowing them to do more um, and not hold back. That's something that's super groundbreaking for Star Wars um, and something that is opening the doors for the storytelling and opening the doors for what we could see within the Star Wars universe. And it doesn't have to be (laughs) PG-13. You know, we can go there. Um, And so just, I'm really... I can't wait. Like, I say it every week, every time we get new Mandalorian news, I just, I can't wait for it. You know, we have a, a year or more, at least, and, uh, man, they just, every week or two, we get more news, and we're just, like, amping up for it, and, you know, there's still a year, and I can't even imagine, you know, what else we're gonna learn before then, um, and I, they did just, you know, announce the cast, and we know they did just kind of start filming and kind of working on it in the last couple months, uh, but God, like, they're really just, they're, they're, it's calculated the way that they're giving us our information, I feel like, because there's definitely a lot of speculation that we're able to get to, and, and for me at least, it's definitely painting a picture of how this is going to go. I can't even fathom what it's going to look like to have this kind of, in, the Star Wars being in this kind of environment, and I kind of just keep, keep talking in circles like I always do, but it's just something that I I can't wait for. Um, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. We'll go ahead and get started uh, with the episode uh, Crash Course. Calculate the jump, Chop. How is my boyfriend doing? Maybe I can help you. I am Boba Fett. What was that? What was what? The throwing and the falling over there. Don't think about it. Kenobi. Ahsoka! Kenobi! Hand it over, Ewok. No! So you mean to tell me you were staging a rescue, not attempting to hijack a Jedi starship? You're welcome! Now, it's time for the Rebel Cells. Episode Recap. 
In Gorel City, Sabine Wren has finished servicing and painting her speeder bike. She and Harrison Dola then depart on a trip to rendezvous with Ketsu Anyo, a fellow member of the Rebellion. Sabine sees the ride as an opportunity to test out the bike's engines. She and Hera ride to the rendezvous point. Shortly thereafter, Ketsu arrives on her battered bike. She manages to jump off before the wrecked bike crashes into a wall and explodes. Ketsu apologizes for her lateness. Sabine tells Katsu that she might want to go a little easier on her bike. Hera tells Katsu to deliver, to deliver a data card to her informant. Sabine offers to give Katsu a ride on her speeder bike, but her friend tells her that her contact insisted that she come alone. Sabine reluctantly lets Katsu borrow her bike, but tells her to meet her back at the ghost. Katsu tests the bike before departing and compliments Sabine for its smooth, smooth handling and paint job. After Ketsu's left, Sabine sighs that she liked her bike. Later on the ghost, Sabine is still waiting for Ketsu to turn up. Sabine tells Hera that Ketsu contacted her to inform them that the mission was a success. While Sabine wonders where her friend is, Hera tells Sabine to stop worrying. A guilt-stricken Ketsu then turns up and tells Sabine her bike handled great for a while, before showing her friend the handlebar, implying that the bike was wrecked. While Sabine is devastated and angry, Hera counsels the younger rebel not to do anything she will regret. Since Ketsu expresses remorse, Sabine forgives her and offers to teach her how to repair engines for the next few days. Hera offers to get the tools, while Ketsu accepts Sabine's offer and the two friends reconcile. So this episode here is um, not what I would have chosen for a season finale. And I'm saying that understanding that Forces of Destiny is definitely different um, than anything else uh, when it comes to episode order and how that works. And it's not a linear storyline, so we don't really need to end uh, each season with a bang or with something that's super cool. But of the Forces of Destiny episodes, this is definitely one of the blander ones and doesn't really give us that much. It doesn't really have any action at all aside from Ketsu crashing her first speeder and it definitely just did not feel uh, like something that was quite as entertaining as some of the previous episodes we've gotten. And so if I were to have done this myself, um, crash course would have gone in the middle of uh, the season and it might have just been something to do with uh, what order they made these in and, and how that worked out but um, I definitely would have put a different episode um, at the end here especially since these are put out um, one a day and they're done uh, they're they're kind of put out in a way that you're anticipating the next one I would have put something different at the end, uh, just so that you're a little bit more excited for season two. Um, of course, we're still going to watch season two. We're still going to talk about season two, regardless of whether or not this episode was a little bland. It didn't have anything that really um, connected it to anything else. Um, I did see something in the comments saying that, you know, a more interesting episode would have been uh, following Ketsu and maybe her having a little bit of an adventure on her way to take the data card to her informant and maybe she was trying really hard uh 
Yeah, and that that would have been a much more interesting episode. And I was thinking along those lines, well, that's definitely something that they could do in the future um, to tie into this episode a little bit and, you know, maybe give us a little bit of her trying really hard not to wreck the bike or maybe her being reckless and then immediately realizing her mistake. But us kind of not getting that um, was something that took away from this episode, I think. I think it would have been a lot more fun to watch um had we actually gotten to see Ketsu uh making that mistake and uh, giving us a little bit more of an anticipation of what how Sabine was going to react um even though it was pretty heavily implied uh what was going to happen to her speeder uh once she gave it to Ketsu obviously we have the lesson in here about forgiving your friends um especially if they're showing remorse which Ketsu was but I did not feel that at this time period uh, with Sabine's character, um, that she would have just let it go quickly as she did here in this episode, you know, with Hera just telling her, you know, don't do anything you'll regret. Um, at this time, you know, this is just after Sabine and Ketsu made up, sort of, um, and kind of buried the hatchet. And knowing Sabine's character, she's definitely still not trusting of people, and she's not Everything that happened between her and Ketsu, which we still haven't gotten a whole ton of backstory on, which I would love, Future Forces of Destiny episode, getting to see them, you know, before anything, um, I, I just hope that that's something that we get one day, uh, that's beside the point, but at this point in, this point, point Sabine's life, I don't think that she would have let it go quite like that um and I think that this is this is what this is very close to the episode where the protectors episode where she something happened to Hera and she was like I gotta go kill this guy um so it's not it's not something that I think that she would have let go and I don't think it was in her character for her to have just forgiven Ketsu just like that, especially uh, considering the history that they had together. And so that's kind of another problem I had with this episode a little bit. It would have been just we didn't really have anything. There was no real, you know, moment of Sabine actually getting angry, um, which would have made the lesson a little bit uh, better. Um, If we had actually seen her getting angry about it and we had seen, you know, that she was devastated and that, you know, this was something that wasn't good. It was kind of one of those things where it was just like, oh, you crashed my speeder. Oh, well, you'll help me build a new one. There was no real, like, rise and fall of emotions. There wasn't um, any reason for us to think that she wasn't going to uh, forgive Ketsu, um, other than what I was literally just talking about, um, which is, you know, her character that we know of. But... If you're um, a younger audience member watching this, you're not going to uh, be thinking about that. You're just, you know, expecting her to forgive, um, especially just based on the way that this episode played out. Um, And I think that, I don't know, this episode was just boring for me. Um, It's not that I didn't like it. Um, It was okay. It would be definitely something that we would consider filler if this was kind of a linear storyline, but it is not, um, which I think is, it's something that I think most of Forces of Destiny is expected to be a little bit of filler, um, and not 
be as interesting and have the web that we've had in previous episodes. It's not something that um, should be expected of Forces of Destiny, but since we've had, you know, so many episodes that do kind of touch on somewhat important topics, um, the ones that don't uh, definitely stick out. And I think that that is... It's, I mean, it's a gift and a curse of how good Forces Destiny is, is because if they do have an episode that's just normal and it's not, it's exactly what would be expected. Um, I'm sitting here and I'm like, well, I'm kind of bored. And had, you know, this been one of the first episodes of Forces Destiny, I would have probably said, I love it. It's the best. It's super cool. I love seeing our characters together. Um, look, Ketsu has the starboard, so this must be, you know, after she joined the rebellion, you know, that whole thing, but it's, it's this, a little bit of a bias, because we've already seen a lot more interesting things going on with these characters, so I just kind of, like, don't really know what to think about this episode, it does, um, we have gotten a lot of episodes with Sabine Ketsu, um, on Garel, which I think is really interesting, and as I was saying earlier, I'd love to know more about what happened with them, and I definitely, I don't, I think we all know that we are not done with Sabine's character quite yet, and hopefully we won't be for a while. You guys know I love her very much. She is one of my favorite characters coming out of animation, um, aside from maybe Ahsoka and Kanan, um, and so I'm excited to see what more her character has, and definitely the episodes that we get with Ketsu, um, and that relationship, uh, makes me think that we could definitely, in either a comic, a, a novel, whatever, get kind of their backstory, and I definitely want to know about, uh, Sabine's and, and it's Sabine's whole, you know, what happened at the Imperial Academy, what happened after she left, when they were kind of on the run. That's something that is definitely, hopefully, I really hope they'll explore. And I think that, that um, there are things that, again, I think I said something last week about how, you know, with uh, that we might be, you know, maybe there are, there are things that we will pick up on later once we get a little bit more information, going back and looking at these Forces of Destiny episodes that we maybe didn't pick up on now because it's something that we don't have, you know, the other puzzle piece to yet. And so maybe there are things that coming back in 10 years that we will see and be like, oh, of course, but we don't have that now. And so I'm hoping they build on it. I'm hoping that uh, it, this connects to a larger story. Um, not that, <laughs> Not that it is something that has to connect to a larger story because it is, I mean, it's Forces Destiny, it's short, short form. Um, but I think that since we have had a lot of Forces of Destiny episodes that have connected to a larger story, it's disappointing when we don't get that. So there's always that hope that in some way, you know, we will get that backstory between Sabine and Ketsu. Uh, we will learn about that and maybe one day this episode will be more interesting coming back to it. And, you know, I think we kind of have an idea of the fact that we're going to be getting a Sabine and Ahsoka something at some point. Um, and I think that maybe within that time, we will learn a little bit more about Sabine and Ketsu. Um, I can't imagine that they're going to give us uh, more than one new thing about an animation character, especially a non-Force user. Um, but it's something that we are definitely, hopefully, 
I keep saying definitely, hopefully, something that we could be able to explore in the future. And I think that that's like the main thing I'm getting from uh, a lot of the episodes with Sabine um, in Forces of Destiny is that we don't get a whole lot that connects with other things. Um, aside from we have the episode in season two where she's with Tristan, which is another one of my favorite episodes of Forces of Destiny. But um, I think that's a lot of what I'm getting from any episodes with her is that we're not done with her character and that we have a lot more to learn and that we will be getting that at some point. And that's kind of my takeaway from this episode. You know, there wasn't, there was a very, very obvious lesson about like forgiving people and not jumping to anger, but there wasn't really anything else here. And so that's kind of where I leave it with this episode, honestly. And we didn't really get to talk about it a whole ton um, because there wasn't a whole ton to talk about. Uh, so, uh, we're done with season one. 16 episodes, so that's been 16 weeks. I missed a week, so, like, yeah. Well, it's been 16 weeks that I've been here at Rebel Cells. Um, it's been great. (laughs) It is, um, definitely something that has, is a lot harder than I thought at first. Um, it got easier as I kept going and I really appreciate that I've been able to do this and um, it's felt so short. Uh, I can't believe we are already through season one. It's insane to me and I'll be back for season two in the new year as I said so I'm just really happy that um, I've gotten to be here and gotten to talk about Star Wars uh, for a while. Um, I've gotten to talk about Star Wars here for a couple months and hopefully a couple more. Um, and just thank you. Um, and we're gonna go ahead and be done with this episode and also with that be done with season one. As always, thank you for listening. You can stay up to date on all the latest in Star Wars animation news by heading to rebelcells.com. You can also add us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rebelspodcast and on Twitter at rebelspodcast and on Instagram at rebelcells. You can also follow me on Twitter at Cassie Sketch. that's C-A-S-S-I-E-S-U-T-C-H. And of course, we're part of the Thunderquack network head to thunderquack.com to check out all the other podcasts then in the network and if you'd like to support us you can do that in two ways first by heading to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch or by heading to patreon.com thunderquack and pledging your support your monthly pledge gives you access to cool exclusives like the thunderquack podcast and the thunderquack group on facebook Thank you guys so much for 16 episodes of Forces of Destiny. Here's to, what, 16 more? I don't know how many is in the second season. I should probably know that. (laughs) Anyway, uh, bye guys. Thank you so much for listening. See you guys, or talk to you guys in the new year. Bye.